Hello and welcome to the Modern Divorced Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Tarasio. I'm the owner of Modern Law, a family law firm in the Phoenix area. I've been a divorce attorney for more than 15 years. I've got four kiddos and I'm divorced myself. And on this podcast, we're going to cover everything related to divorce, be it legal issues, financial issues, children issues, blended family issues, counseling, mediation, and more. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Hi, this is Nancy Conrad, and I want to welcome you back to the second part of our series on the Baby William case and the heartbreaking search for a baby gone missing when two young parents get divorced. Today, we're going to focus on the growing sentiment of web sleuths and how that influenced the case and the people involved at the heart of the case. Hey there. Oh, how are you? I'm good. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you fine. Can you hear me okay? I can. So this is Destiny Mac. We've pretty much only known each other through online interaction. So this was a real treat to talk with her. It's good to see you. Um, It's been a while now since, uh, you know, I was always checking in on all of the Facebook pages for Baby William to see what was going on. And I couldn't believe looking back now that it's been like three years. We're going on more now. I know. It makes no sense. And I... um, I, in preparation for this, I, you know, read through the timelines, reminding myself, and then um, happened to watch the video where I guess, it, you know, the point that I was on my gag order and was able to come back, I did like a live Q&A. And it was like an hour and a half long Q&A that people were asking me questions and I was answering. Tell uh, me about that. So towards the end of the case, um, I can't remember the exact Date, but it was in 2018. It was towards the end. There was a hearing specific. Um, I believe the purpose of it was to kind of figure out what their plea is going to be. And then during this hearing, they gaslighted it and really made the focus about Billy and Billy's involvement. And, and it was this hour and a half case. Well, I happened to be sitting in the back of the courtroom, just as I did um, for many of these. And at one point, the defense, um, their defense pointed to me and said, that's the girl that's running the pages and she works for Billy and pointed it back to me, which was never the case and never true, of course. And as a result of that, to summarize the doc, the judge right there in case assigned me a public defender and put me on a gag order and, and ordered me to take down the pages. Well, this was something Destiny was not expecting to happen. She was a bystander, a person uninvolved with this case, who was simply acting as a reporter of sorts to an audience that had assembled on some Facebook pages that she helped put together. Without uh, any other additional information. Yeah, his confusion was truly that he didn't understand Facebook and what the difference between groups and pages. There were many, many different variations and everything they brought forth to evidence was from this uh, outside page. It actually had nothing to do with the group, but they had taken, you know, documents from the page and posted it to this more public forum. And if I'm being honest, I think the judge was more concerned about if they don't enter a plea and this has to go to trial, are we, you know, were we doing something to the case to put it at risk? Um, and he didn't understand Facebook at all, this this older judge and how it worked and, you know, what public record was. And so, um, you know, he pretty much like shot across the bow and said, this is your warning shot and I want you out of everything. And I, I disappeared for three months out of the case with a gag order. 
Right. Was that hard to do is to say, you know, I'm zipping my lip and people can ask me things, but I'm not going to be able to answer you. Yeah. I didn't respond to anybody about the case. Um, for that time, I made one phone call and said, I'm walking away and removing myself from the page. You're in charge, figure it out. I walk away. Yeah. But I think at first I wanted me to fight it. And then, um, very shortly thereafter, when I sat in what the judge was saying, I realized that I didn't want to do anything to put this case at risk ever or give them a chance to claim to be victims in any sort of a way that would have allowed them, again, to just be victims. And if, if my name was going to be used for that, then the best thing I could do would be to walk away and just let the last few months of what was going to happen in court happen in court. And the page had served its purpose at that point. But I, I wanted to kind of take you back like to the very beginning and to start out how you became connected to this case. Yeah. So my connection to the baby William case at this point is that I started a Facebook page. I am a normal everyday citizen. I actually lived and grew up in the area where the Jones lived um, and grew up in a, I grew up LDS, so was a part of that Mormon community. And when the baby, when Maddie and and William went missing in mid-June, I had seen a news article, but I heard little murmurings, but nothing like this action that that normally the LDS community will take. If if one of their own or um, out in media, they really rally around and they make sure that this this person gets attention and found. It's just kind of a part of the culture almost. And what I found strange when I had heard rumblings of this missing girl and her baby that was right in my backyard, right in 85203, Anyone you'd ask about it seemed like they just didn't want to get involved. Like there was some some mystery around it very early on where I was asking, like, that's that's literally from my parents' house to their house where I grew up was you know a quarter of a mile. You huh. could walk on the canal and you would be there. So um literally the cameras of my parents' house point to that neighborhood of their backyard. And so um at first, it was a curiosity to, you know, why is there not more noise? This is a missing girl and her baby. Why why is nobody talking about this? Why is the media not blowing this up? And then the next thing I saw was a news case, a news article that the Jones did. And um, I sat and watched that. And my spidey senses just went up. And I can't describe it any other way than the hairs on the back of my head stood up and I went, something else is going on here. That's all I knew at the time. And just in my core, in my gut, I went, something's really wrong. This, this girl, she didn't just go missing and her baby didn't just go missing. There's something else to this. Um, Was, Was there any point where you thought they were very much looking at Jake and saying, you know, he's done something? Yeah. And that was what this news article was saying. This is this news story was clearly saying that this guy was suspected for kidnapping his wife and baby and that that they uh, his estranged wife and baby and that they were missing and they left without keys, purse, wallet, anything. And that there was a custodial battle happening. And I think 
for me, um, I've gone through a divorce. I was a single mom during this, during this time. So I think I just was drawn, like if this was me, if I was missing, what would I want someone to do? And it just felt like there was a Facebook page for everything. Um, and there wasn't, I couldn't find anything on this case. When I started looking at it, those first few weeks, I couldn't find any real details. And as I asked people in that neighborhood, um, that I just kind of kept getting weirdly blocked. Like you don't want to get involved in that, stay out of it. There's more to the story. And I think that heightened my, my curiosity to go, nobody's advocating for this girl and her baby. Where is she? And how can I help? So it really was out of a nobody's being her voice and hit, there's all this back and forth, but who's looking out for them. And when I first started the group, um, the Facebook group was to share information about what people knew so that we could help find this baby. And I had never done anything like that in my life. I've never done anything like it since, but something really, really said to me, if not me, then who? So were you at that time going to the the church that you had grown up in at that point and, and connecting with this group of people? I wasn't. I had moved out of that neighborhood and, and um, had not attended church since I was a teenager. But my family is still very actively LDS and was in that neighborhood again, um, just, just across down the hill from them. And so um, there was all these kids and people that I had grown up with, friends of friends that very much were a part of this neighborhood, knew knew the Joneses, knew the players involved. Some of them even knew Jake when he was a missionary here in Mesa, Arizona and said, we had this kid at our house. And so there was just kind of this one degree of separation from me and the people involved, which made it to where I had no skin in the game, but I knew enough people that knew the people involved that I thought, what can I do to help to just gather information and share it out as quickly as possible? Because if they're somewhere in Mesa, Arizona, let's help find them. So what was the first group that you started? First group that I started was um, Find Maddie and Baby William. And I had started that group, um, I believe sometime in early August. So they went missing in June. I believe you asked me at what point, what was I first doing when I, yeah. when I learned about this? I actually started the group on the way to a Neil Diamond concert with my dad and sisters, because at this point it had been a few weeks since um, I had seen the news story or seen some stories and there was buzz, but again, no information that you could find or share and everybody seemed to be standoffish. So I was with my sisters and I said, have you guys heard about this case? Do you know anything? And there were some whisperings and murmurings happening. And I said, what if we just start a page and let's start sharing all this information so that we can help find them. So I was actually at Neil Diamond concert when I started the group, um, the first ever Maddie and William, uh, find wow. Maddie and baby William group. Now, was there also a page that was set up that was just to help support uh, the Jones family and and Madeline? No, they had, um, I guess there was a, a community page um, for their neighborhood and oh, a, what I would call Ward Facebook page. And a ward is, is obviously in the LDS faith, faith, the community around you that attends church at the same time. And so there were those two pages that were very much... Um, as you can say, pro Cassie, they, they were very much disparaging 
Jake and the Gokener family and what he could have done. They had GoFundMes going. They had a lot of things where they were rallying the people around them to find this baby. And when I made the find Maddie and baby William, it was to consolidate all those stories and all the information coming in. I truly thought perhaps at first that the second that the Jones saw that there was this group um, getting information together that they would, you know, call me, reach out. Or I I think at one point I reached out to them and said, what can I do to help? Um, I want to help find this baby. What can I do? And I also had reached out to the Gokeners and what I found really strange right at the beginning, very early on is the Gokeners were like, yes, here's everything we know and started throwing it. The Jones immediately blocked me and wanted no involvement with me. And I found that very strange, very early on that you have a missing daughter and grandchild, and yet you are not forthright. You you refuse at this point, there was a couple thousand people and they wouldn't do, they wouldn't participate at all or join anything. When we said, let's, should we do flyers? Can we do this? Like what, what can the community do to help you? There was resistance. We don't need your help. We have it under control. And that felt very strange early on for a missing persons case that you wouldn't want help from the community around you. And that does seem like a very LDS thing to do is to say, how can I help? You know, I'm going to bring the covered dish and yeah. and and really pitch in. And, and um, that, that was something that was an amazing thing to watch is how people did want to step in and help each other. But for you to feel like the door was closed, was there ever a moment where you thought, well, they are shutting me out because I don't go to their particular church? I mean, did you ever take that personally or you said, no, the spidey sense is telling me this isn't right? Yeah, the spidey sense was really the leading force in it. I I didn't take it personal. I have so many friends and family that are of the faith. I have no negative things to say. And I had always been treated well and fairly. And so in this case, I didn't think it had anything to do with me, but I did think, who's this? I could understand also from them, who's this stranger that's suddenly getting involved in our case? I mean, I was nobody to them uh-huh. at all. And so I kind of took it as they just don't know me because if they did, they, they'd want my help. Um, but you know, at the time, I just felt like maybe they just didn't know me. And that obviously changed very quickly. So one of the things that I think is important is from the time I started the Facebook page, literally before I got out of the Neil Diamond concert, I had no less than 10 messages in my inbox. And they were like, who are you? What's your involvement? They, they were very suspicious that I had some kind of tie to the Jones family, these individuals, and I got, hey, I understand you're a friend of this person that I know. I'm telling you, don't touch this. Stay out of it. This person ruins lives. And it was from there till about a two week period that my inbox became flooded with, we don't want to join your page for fear of retribution here's a story that you may not know about the Joneses. And it, it went from me going, I'm going to partner with the Joneses to find this baby to holy heck, these people are terrorizing a community that's afraid to speak out. And whether whoever was involved in this missing person case 
there were enough people living in fear that were afraid to say anything or to join a group that would in any way put them at risk of the wrath of the Joneses. And that became very clear in a very short period of time. This, so this is when the picture begins to really change. People are coming forward and warning Destiny to watch out for the Joneses. At first, dozens of people joined the page, but soon it was several hundred people. So let's hear from Destiny what kind of stories were being shared. Yeah, so one of the first messages I got, again, was from a friend of a friend. I had never met this individual before. And she said, hey, um, my friend says you're a good person. So I thought I'd reach out when I saw this page. Um, There was uh, the Jones have had many interactions with people in their neighborhood. Um, We went to court with them on a very specific case where they tried to really cause harm to their daughter and, and, and blame her for things, abuse that didn't happen and, and really gaslight this young teenage girl um, and accuse her of some pretty horrific things. This case had gone to court and this other person had won, but they said, this is what she does when anyone crosses her. We stood up to her and we were wrapped up in, in litigation wow. because of what she did to attack my child. Another story was a girl who said, I was friends with Maddie and Cassie for a long time. Um, they tried to get me involved with a missionary Um when I wouldn't do the things that Cassie said, she turned on me and, and talked about me. And then I had actual Mormon missionaries writing saying I was in that area. She tried to marry me off to her 14 year old daughter. Um, you don't know who this lady is. And this isn't, so, again, it was everybody almost trying to protect me that you don't want to mess with this lady or her family. They will ruin your life. And what I heard in that is this is a whole community of people who are terrified to stand up to this person. And again, if not me, then who? The Jones family was not without support. The bishop was helpful and a close friend of the Joneses who spoke out on their behalf. But both of these families were strong, strong Latter-day Saints churchgoers. And this is a church known for its ability to help families with social structure, and even financial assistance to its members in need. Yeah, I think what's interesting about this and the involvement of of the LDS faith, on one hand, you had the Gokiner family who had all the right support system around them of what you would expect from a community, from from a community of the LDS faith, the service, the... the, um, you know, rallying around them, doing everything. And and when you talk to them, they have such a strong belief and faith in their church and they've been treated really, really good by it. On the flip side, you had what was happening here with this Jones family. And I believe because of that, the Gokiners were unnecessarily harmed and hurt and the Joneses were allowed a power that they should not have um, and were funded literally funded by the faith to get away with what they were getting away with. And what was that? That was the Gokiner's son, Jake, being demonized as an abuser by the Jones family with a whisper campaign via church sources, despite the judge in the divorce ruling that there was nothing to the complaints by Maddie and her parents. Yeah, this was a lifetime of 
of this. So, you know, they had going back 10, 20 years, these stories were coming out where they, you know, faked cancer in one of their kids and got money. You know, the pathological lying and the defrauding people around them and bullying people that ever stood up to them had been going on for a lifetime. So to look at what happened here and now, they didn't like how the courts were going. They didn't want to be told no. They knew that they they had gaslighted enough to get away with other things. They thought this was going to be one of the moments. And when the judge said, no, he gets custody, enough's enough, even after everything they tried, I think they thought they'd get away with this too. Their lies had, had enabled them up until this point to get away with what they had in their life. And I think this was no different. Now, I, I understand well, all of the ideas were being exchanged and and the, these kinds of um, experiences were talked about on the Facebook page. There, the police obviously were doing their thing and, and investigating quietly and interviewing people and so on. Um, but you also had some things come up that um, I think were surprises, like, like Cassie's brother. You had heard, somebody told you that Cassie's brother had a difficult relationship with her and that you she- You out via the page, actually. Okay, so tell me about that a little bit, because that was an interesting thing to watch. Yeah, so with the page, with the group, I'll call it a group because there was a Facebook group. We started this page, uh, this group that was the Fine Baby Maddie and William. Within two weeks, so many people were afraid of talking publicly that I spun off a public page that could be shared and spread. And I kept a secret group um, of really people who knew the Joneses inside and out. Um, uh, other people in the community that were giving facts and trips and didn't feel that they could communicate there. So I created very early on two different spaces for people. One that was nothing, nothing can leave this group and we all protect each other with what we know because so many people were in fear and this public group. But the public group grew very, very quickly, um, totaling in about six months to over 12,000 members. Um, from all over, of, right? I mean, from all, all, all over. We had people all over the world um, joining this group. So we wanted to share. Well, I think when when some of the trouble came down, um, you know, her brother had heard about this um, through whatever his family members were and reached out. And he actually made a post on the page publicly. He didn't reach out to one of the admins and said, I'm her brother. Here's what she did to me in my custody case. And the details were eerily similar to some of the things that were happening to Jacob. So her own family came out and I ended up having a one-on-one -on -one call with him to get more details. And the, the story was, you know, that they, you know, accused him of child pornography and put porn on his computer, according to him. And, you know, none of this can be validated, but they had gone out of their way and he has no relationship with his kids as a result of a very messy custody battle yeah. where she was involved and incriminating him all along the way. And some of the story that came out, I mean, everybody very quickly went, that's what everybody's saying about Jacob. 
So it sounded very, very similar to you. And, and did you ever find out if this was, I mean, you got to step into something like that with a lot of cautiousness mm -hmm. and, and, um, wondering, cause you don't know who's telling the truth because there's a lot of lies out there. Yeah, I, my goal with the group was to create a space where people felt safe to share. I still hold many confidences to this day that I will never um, let go. And I somehow established that credibility early on with either people that knew me and knew if that's, she's a girl of her word and helped spread that out through the community, which certainly supported it, but also I demanded respect from the beginning that everybody was allowed to talk. And, and so many of these things, I literally gathered evidence and then just turned it over to the police. I would take it. I wouldn't share with the Gokner or Jones family. I wouldn't share with anybody. I would just say, thank you. And I would hand it over to the police. And so because I had this intake mechanism where people were comfortable sharing very key details that ended up solving the case, you know, I just be, kind of came the catalyst to get that information over to the police where people weren't reaching out directly to them. Well, so interesting. A brother who doesn't speak to his sister anymore, Cassie Jones, because of her meddling, blaming the loss of his custody of his children on her, and then others coming forward to complain about the Joneses and warn to watch out. It was beginning to look like the Joneses might have something to do with Maddie and the baby's disappearance, but Nobody could be sure after all. In our next episode, we will pick up on what's happening behind the scenes with the Gokener family, where we'll hear from their point of view and also hear from the Joneses themselves in their deposition with Modern Law's Billy Tarasio, who was not about to let these questions go unanswered. Thanks so much for listening to the Modern Divorce Podcast. Remember, anything you've heard today or anything you read online is not the replacement for actual consultation with an attorney and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Even if you called in and we spoke to you, you were anonymous and we don't have your details and you have not become a client of Modern Law. However, we would love to speak with you or you should seek out the advice of legal counsel or counseling or any other expert near you. And if you have an idea for a show topic or you need to speak with an attorney in Arizona, you can reach me at info, I-N-F-O, at mymodernlaw.com.